What it do, baby boo. It's EOR back in the stew, ready to do what we gotta do. It's December 9th, it's a Monday, 2019, and this is episode 39. Happy to be here with you fine people for another episode with the crew. Excited to spread the good word and to help thin the herd. The minds behind the magic do not change, but their styles do. So let's go and introduce those individuals live from Richmond. The brilliance behind production, Tommy Lasagna. Hey, how we doing, G? How we doing, Harry? It's good to be back. Uh, another week in the books here. Shaking off that Patriots loss. Don't really want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. I uh, wish I didn't hear that, but I heard that. Live from the Big Apple, the master of elusiveness, Harry Douglas. How we doing? We're doing well. We're doing really well. I uh, just want to say mad props to Tom. Our, our Jay-Z, the up-and-coming Jay-Z, for uh, getting our episode last week together, because you almost fucked it up, buddy. Yeah, but he's got them oh, Dr. Dre skills, so let's go ahead and kick off his intro music. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know the deal. We want to make sure that you're informed and what you're going to hear. So here you go. The agenda for tonight, we've got some banner as always. Member Barry Mondays bringing it back. We've got an entertainment corner segment to talk to you guys about, and we're going to wrap it up with some debate club. We're going to talk to you guys about the NFL, going to give the week in review, some of our thoughts and updates, injuries, that kind of thing. And finally, we'll close it out with some college football, top five power rankings, and the playoff picture, which has now been painted. So let's go ahead and just kick it off, uh, get things warm here with Mary, member Barry Mondays. Do you remember? Because I remember Silly Putty, probably the ultimate fucking miscellaneous item to own as a child it was not only fun but devilish it would get stuck in carpets and couches and start fights and ruin relationships but silly putty was the tits it used to be able to stick it on newspapers and copy things i mean i was like feeling fully nostalgic today thinking about silly putty you know what i got recently that's in the same uh same family, if you will, as Silly Putty is Play-Doh. I've got some oh, yeah. my, at my desk at work. Sometimes I just take it out, you know, squeeze it around. I don't really make things with it. <laughs> little but stress you know, relief. It's kind of just like a little stress ball, yeah. And then, yeah, it, makes your, then it makes your hands smell all weird and toxic. And you can, <laughs> eat, it. And you can eat it for a little sustenance if you're ever feeling hungry. You yeah, know? I'm, I'm broke these days, so like for lunch, I just take a little nibble of my Play-Doh. Ramen? No. How about purple Play-Doh? <laughs> Jesus. Um, Well, I just had to bring that up because I just remember the tears and the joy that Silly Putty brought while it destroyed fabrics and surfaces, but also was just, you know, a constant form of entertainment. I started to learn how to, like, blow those big-ass bubbles in them. You know, you'd make a nice long snake, and then that would fall on the floor, get stuck in the carpet. Your mom would beat you. Um, Good times. But, yeah, I remember. So let's move on. We've got a old kind of category, but a newish category. We're going to resurface here. We've got a debate club, um, some topics that we pulled off the World Wide Web that we're going to kind of debate, and uh, you're going to hear our thoughts, and we'd love for you to DM us your thoughts. But first on the list, is our fish the ultimate pet? Now... It took me a minute to think about this because at the end of the day, fish are fucking useless and we fish eat them. are friends, not yeah. food. <laughs> exactly. Well said. But now having owned a dog, to have a pet that you don't have to spend money on and feed and take out to go to the bathroom in thirty four degree weather and groom, it kind of makes them the ultimate pet. Well, I I don't know about the ultimate pet, but definitely the most convenient. Um, especially because you can just you can hide them from landlords or tenants. Like you can have you can't have a dog or, you know, a cat or whatever. 
But if your landlord is like, oh, no pets, like they're not going to come snooping around for a little fish. Well, and, sorry, know. go ahead. I was sorry, just going to say, ahead. I just wildly disagree because as <laughs> you know, as you know, dogs are man's best friend. Yeah. Therefore, the best pet. Yes, you have to take them out. Actually, I will say I will never own a dog in a city because I, it's ref- a nightmare. I refuse to pick up dog shit. Oh, I won't well, do it. It's just demoralizing. Yeah, trust me, it's uh, it's been a learning curve for me, to say the least. I'm used to people picking up my shit. Um, so, no, I don't disagree. Dogs are the ultimate fucking goat, and they're fantastic. But they also have things that, you know, fish don't have. Like, for instance, my seven-month-old puppy who's in fucking heat. And for those of you who don't know what that <laughs> is, that's a period. So Ew. she's wearing diapers. And a goldfish doesn't go into heat. Wait, you didn't get Remy spaded? Spade? We went to get Whatever. we went to get her spade. They told us to wait. It's usually best to wait till like six or seven months, and then she went into heat before we got her spade. So now we got to wait another Great. three months, and I got a fucking diaper dog running around the apartment. Yikes! Well, before we move on here, I just want to give a shout out to my old pet fish, who uh, he was my first real friend when I moved to Richmond. His name. <laughs> His name was Jameis Finston, and he was the nicest little goldfish. Um, he lasted about 17 hours, and then he then he went to the big tank in the sky. <laughs> Did you give him the proper burial down the toilet? Uh, yeah, yeah, he went down, down the toilet. I bet Garrick probably cooked him up, that poor son of a bitch. <laughs> no, see, the, uh, the one caveat with fish is I think there's like a 48-hour a window where you have to like acclimate them. From the store tank water to like your home tank water, and I definitely didn't do that right. So Tom's like, I just filled up the bathtub, put some sand and some shells in there, and uh, he ended up dying. Yeah, I don't quite know what happened, but uh, R.I.P. Well, Jameis. Well, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, Jameis, we're thinking about you. So Finston, stay finning. Uh, next up, Netflix and chill versus Disney Plus or bust. This is a hot debate and a hot topic because both bring a lot to the table. Um, You know, we've been riding and dying with Netflix for quite some time. Disney started taking their shit off of Netflix and alluding to starting their own service. And then, boom, here we are. So, want to hear from you guys. If you think you will continue to remain a Netflix and chill guy or if you're going to make the transition to Disney Plus and Bust. I'm I'm a Netflix and chill guy, and the real reason is that Disney is a little bit there's a, a lack or a yeah a lack of diversity in like what you can watch, and everything's a little bit too kitty. Like the storylines are like you know made to be kind of kitty, and like there's there's less gore and action and all that stuff. So for that enti- reason entirely, that I'm that's enough that's enough to just keep <laughs> me on Netflix and keep you know keep the ship going that way. Not to mention. I don't even have a Netflix. Uh, I use some nice family, I think. And uh, so, yeah, that's working out pretty well. <laughs> that's going well for me. No, I agree with that. I think, like, you've got stuff like The Irishman. You've got David Chang's cooking, you know, channels. You've got diet fiction. You've got documentaries. It's got the works. With Disney, it's Planet Earth, Mar- Marvel, Pixar, or you're watching old Disney Channel movies, which is, like, nostalgic and great. But, you know. You wanna, like, you, you want to watch that every day? No. Nah, Absolutely nah, not. Nah. The only thing I will say about Disney Plus is that, and I just found this out recently, is that you can get Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and, and Hulu, and Hulu for twelve dollars a month. Yeah, that's a pretty big steal. That's I will say pretty that's, good. Yeah, that's that's the that's the plus right there. Mm-hmm. You know, see what I did there, um, Tom? What about you? Uh, I will say at the moment I'm a Disney Plus and Bust guy because I've been catching up on The Mandalorian, ah, which uh, pretty, Baby Yoda, pretty good show. I had to see what the Baby Yoda memes were all about. Uh, turns out Baby Yoda doesn't do anything except look cute, <laughs> but uh, pretty good show. Well, here's but, here's a good uh, side segment debate on top of this because I've been hearing a lot of uh, talk going around of Baby Yoda versus Baby Groot and who's cuter. Baby Groot being from Gardens of the Galaxy series, Baby Yoda obviously from The Mandalorian. So, what do you guys think? Because to me, Baby Groot wins nine times out of ten. 
I've got a fucking chia pet of baby Groot's head in my background right now. I have to agree, and also I, I haven't watched The Mandalorian, but it seems like Baby Yoda is like very closely uh, created off of Baby Groot. A hundred percent. Like they just took the idea straight out of Guardians of the Galaxy because for one, Guardians came first. And two, like, they have the same role. They don't talk. They're kind of just funny. They're cute. And so I'm, I'm going to go with that Disney stole Baby Groot and, and made it into Baby Yoda. That is a flaming hot take that makes perfect sense, actually. Thank you. But, but it makes even more sense because of the fact that Gardens of the Galaxy is a Marvel movie, which is owned by Disney, which... Wait, does Disney, wait Disney owns Marvel? Yeah, they have the rights to the Gardens of the Galaxy, Ant-Man and the Wasp, all that shit. So they they basically just like, to further your point, there's just a lack of creativity. They were like, oh, well, the baby character in one of these series did well. Let's just fucking throw in another one. (laughs) I I will say that the one like question mark in Star Wars has always been like the, the roots of whatever the fuck Yoda is and where he came from. So it will be interesting to see if they can like spin this into like an explanatory type role towards so the end. So is it mainly about Yoda, or is it about the bounty hunters and the birth of Boba Fett or Boba? So Fett? no. So without giving too much away, the bounty hunter, aka the Mandalorian, is tasked with this job of like securing a target. The target ends up being Baby Yoda, and he has a change of heart tells the the bounty guy to fuck himself and is now protecting baby yoda throughout the galaxy yeah Pretty among sweet. other things that's kind of also my point though is that the, the storylines are just too like like they're just it's happy the go same. lucky like they're they're just too happy go lucky there's always like a moral to the story and there's well, always there's, like it's a happy go lucky but it's the same it's like oh you need to go out and get luke skywalker and then they get there and they're like oh i don't want to kill luke i want to be good and then it's like or vice versa it's like oh you gotta go kill darth vader and it's like oh i want to be bad it's like, oh, but he's my father it's like yeah, what the, yeah. it's like come on and so it's fucking handoff so right so for that reason it, it's just that's where disney kind of loses me i'm a little bit more contrarian than that personally i like the anti-hero i also just like shit to go wrong sometimes yeah and it never really seems to in disney movies 100 percent, i agree with that well i think uh it's a two to one so netflix and chill moves on to the next round of the debate club uh we want to hear from you guys so dm us next up final debate club question 15 minutes of fame or behind the scenes now to put this into perspective for you would you rather be a rebecca black or would you rather be a Scott Storch or a Murder Beats or somebody who you wouldn't know is famous but has created pretty much everything that you love and have heard uh, or seen versus, you know, a viral sensation? This is easy. Give me behind the scenes every day. Uh, I am tend, I guess I tend to be a little like quieter, more introverted anyways. I don't think I would do well with my 15 minutes of fame. Uh, and it seems like everybody that has their 15 minutes of fame rises quick and falls even harder. And I just don't even want to subject myself to that. Give me that behind the scenes, that slow grind, that constant money coming in. I'll take that seven days of the week. Yeah, man. I think I'm going to have to agree with that because I watched a video of Scott Storch. And it was Beyonce's first album that she released after she left. Uh why can't I think of the Destiny's Child? Destiny's Child, thank you. Um, and she shouted him out before anybody else. And then there was an interview with Fat Joe, and he was like, This is the baddest motherfucker to do it. He's sober now and he's a good person, but back in the day, this guy slept with every famous chick, the baddest chicks. Um, he told a story about how he watched Scott walk into a club one night and he had two women he wouldn't mention that are super fucking famous now and like just dimes. And he had both thumbs in their buttholes walking into the club. Interesting. So, like, I don't know how behind the scenes that is, but nobody really knows that guy's name like they know Rebecca Black. But he has been in everything, done everything, seen everything. So, for that point, I agree with you. Yeah. You can lay low, but also be a G. 
I think I think this is there's only one real answer to this, and that's behind the scenes. I mean, quite frankly, in this day and age, your 50 minutes of fame usually turns into like people just ripping you to fucking shreds on on the Twitter sphere and and Instagram. So putting yourself out there definitely has a lot of downsides besides like a quick buck and and like you know people actually knowing your name for a little bit so for that reason i'm out 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 maybe that's why this podcast hasn't blown up yet (laughs) we're all behind the scenes guys i mean i'll put myself out there but i'm just gonna say it's not gonna be fun (laughs) i won't enjoy it (laughs) i Um, definitely won't enjoy it i'll take one for the team though we hope you enjoyed those debates as much as we did. I think we can call ourselves master debaters and uh, move on to our final segment here, which is the entertainment corner. Now, to Harrison's point, he wanted some diversity. He likes a tragedy. And so what we're talking about this week is the much uh, revered and reviewed and questioned Irishman. Now, before we start, I want to make sure that both of you all have seen this. Mm-hmm. And then we can dive in. Thoughts, opinions. Heads up, by the way, there are going to be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, sorry. Yeah, it's uh, it's been out for about a month now in theaters and a couple weeks on Netflix. Granted, it does take four days to watch, but uh, <laughs> that that is, that is an issue. Uh, but yeah, on on that note, uh, pretty good movie. But I just felt like it was Goodfellas kind of rewritten revamped with some bigger names and dragged out for about an hour longer than it needed to be yeah i uh i think they missed the target completely i think i thank you gardner i think they missed the target completely i i think look i i i actually ended up liking the ending of the movie but again it was way too long i think they need to stop acting and start directing we need those minds making movies not in movies the fact that they were trying to make De Niro this like tough ass young, you know, enforcer painting houses and doing his own carpentry, and like he could barely stand in that one scene where he fucks up the pharmacist, like he almost falls over when he's smashing his hand on the pavement, and that was like a painful beat up scene. Like that guy would have tossed De Niro around in real life, so don't try to make me believe it in a movie. Um, the small subtleties like that all the way to the entirety of the dragged out scenes where they're like staring at each other, Hoffa and the fucking, you know, mob bosses. It just, it just, it didn't really ever hook me. And that's why I watched it in like three parts because it just was like boring. Yeah. I absolutely hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I didn't think it was that bad. I, so for a few reasons, I guess, um, Okay, one, I didn't finish it. I've got like halfway through it and I couldn't I couldn't go any further. I can't You know I, something something like seventy percent of people did not finish the movie. And and I don't care. People are gonna go, Harrison, how can you make a, a comment on a movie they haven't even watched the full thing? I don't give a shit. Like I really don't I watched three hours of it. <laughs> I watched I watched I watched two hours of it and I was like, you know what, I can't go any further. None of this movie is pulling me in. I thought the writing sucked. I thought the CGI looked like shit. I thought the the even the scenes where they're shooting people looked like not real. They looked like weird, and their blood there was like the blood spl- like Saving Private Ryan. Like guns. Saving Private Ryan, which came out like twenty fucking years ago, looked like like it was made in like the year three thousand <laughs> compared to this thing. Like this looked like it just didn't have like the technology to make a believable shooting scene. Yeah, and honestly, like the, the scene Asia. where they're like in the bedroom and they're kind of like talk. Uh, I don't. I was hardly listening. I was so fucking bored. Um, I, I was just like, this is like the worst writing, and, and and quite honestly, the acting was kind of average. Like these guys are just so old, and and I, they're they're legends. Don't don't get me wrong, but I just think they're just past that point in their career where they can like do this. And and I Dude, thought it was terrible. When Joe Pesci died in the movie, I thought he died in real life. I was like, that's how fucking old this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, every time he spoke, I was like, holy shit, he's going to go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> like, he needs to be at a desk writing scripts. <clears throat> Al Pacino yeah. up there just screaming. It's like, dude, Scarface is over, man. Like, stop yelling. Yeah. What are you screaming about, you know? Uh, for 
And for quite four honestly, hours. He uh, screams for four hours. Yeah, that's it. That's all he does. And, 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 you know, Scorsese, like, talking this big game. I know he's also a legend in, in the game. But talking, like, this big game about how, like, Marvel movies aren't cinema. And, like, that, you know, he makes, like, real stories and all this. I'm like, do better than that. Yeah. We heard this story before. Yeah. When <laughs> and, he did here's, and here's the thing that makes it even more aggravating is that the movie is based off of a book that was written by uh, Robert De Niro's character, Frank, I believe, right? Yeah, Frank. Um, and, like, he took it to his grave, essentially, and this is just based off of his word. Like, there are no other witnesses. As you saw at the end of the movie, they're all dead. So it's basically, oh, yeah, I did all these things and all these things happened. Well, I can tell that story, too, you know? So it's like you get through the four hours and you're fucking pissed because it was disappointing. And then you find out, well, it could all not even be true. And that's kind of the first reason you even watched it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I just... I, I can't say enough negative things about it, really. Yeah. And, uh, but honestly, just, go, just... go and watch it. Make your and form your own opinions about it because I have spoken to people who, who liked it and compared it to the old shoot 'em up mob movies. But every movie that I've ever seen with Al Pacino and De Niro and you know Joe Pesci, whether it's The Goodfellas, The Godfather, I mean, all of it, Taxi Driver, it all really struck a chord with me. And they're some of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, so to put this cast together, it seemed to be impeccable. But I think it failed. Just my opinion, though. You know, who am I? Well, let's uh, let's go on to uh, our next subject here, uh, which is going to be the NFL. Um, we promised you all that we were going to talk to you a little bit about a recap, talk a little bit about injury updates, and uh, so here we are to talk to you about that. Bear with me for two seconds, guys. I have lost my agenda. Which means I don't know what we're talking about. <clears throat> but I do remember that the first thing we're going to talk about is the very favorite topic of Lamar Jackson. He was limited in practice today. Harbaugh has said there is not much for concern. He sustained an injury. Uh during their win over Buffalo this weekend, 24-17, to where he took a, a low hit to kind of the knee quad area, they said. Um, they said he will be limited for Tuesday, but they're playing the Jets on Thursday, so there is still time. But wanted to pose the question to you guys, uh, is there any threat to them winning this game if Lamar doesn't take the field, having taken 20 you know, consecutive starts now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it really like quite frankly outside of especially with New England losing I, I just don't really think it matters if they win or lose. Like this is a game where they could sit Lamar. Yeah. Still probably play a pretty competitive game. I mean, we're talking about the New York Jets after all. The team yeah. that probably shoots themselves in the foot more than anyone in the league. Um, RG, RG3 could go out and win this game. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if they lose, it's not the end of the world. They'll go, they'll go to 10 and 3. They'll still you know, be very competitive and, and are probably still very likely going to be the number one seed coming out of the AFC. And honestly, we're probably getting to the point in the season when Lamar will start being limited participant in practices. Um, just I guess that was pure... going to be my next question. Do you think it would be wise for them to sit him for Thursday's game? Yeah, I don't see why not. I really don't. I mean, if he if he is good to go, and you know, you know, granted, like he's got an MVP season going and. There's probably a little motivation to keep him in for that, but he said it himself. He's like, I don't really care if I win MVP. Like, you know, if we win a Super Bowl, that's that's all that matters. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out this game. Not gonna be the end of the world unless you have him in fantasy and you're in the playoffs. But that's uh, not my problem. <laughs> not yeah, my problem. I th- I think I think you have to play him right now, at least until the number one seed is locked up. Um, but being said, like you said, with the Patriots losing. The, the Ravens kind of have a, a toss-away game now. And I don't think it's this week. So if he doesn't play, I will start to be more concerned because that's one thing we've been hitting on week in and week out is like, yeah, he's great, he's flashy, he's fast, but it's just going to take one lick where he's going to get hurt. And, you know, that'll be that, just like with all these other scrambling quarterbacks. So yeah. I really hope we're not there yet, especially 
given how open really the AFC is, in, in my opinion at least. The AFC is wide open right now, and as good as Baltimore has been, uh, I, I would truly, from a fo- competitive football standpoint, I would hate to see Lamar Jackson go down right now. Well, that that's what I was going to say is, to reiterate, it's not at all you know, a serious injury. I think, you know, he just got banged up in this matchup against Buffalo. But to your point, he's now started 20 consecutive games where, you know, he's putting his body on the line. He's running, he's taking hits, and it's going to get to a point where the body can only sustain it for so long. Um, And right now it's, you know, a minor injury, but, you know, next time maybe he steps wrong and it's a broken femur or a broken tibula um so i just think it'll be interesting to watch them like harrison said in terms of how they play him and and rest him but uh just something to watch out for for now and on the uh on the injury note really quick uh we're watching the giants eagles live right now and alshon jeffrey had a non-contact injury coming off the line it looked like it could have been a torn achilles boy don't want to speculate, but did not look good. He looked like a very sad man riding the cart back in. And uh, Lane Johnson, the right tackle for the Eagles and the highest paid lineman in football, also just went out with what looked like a pretty banged up ankle injury. So uh, the Eagles are falling apart. And if I'm doing my math right, the Giants are still mathematically in the playoff race. Uh, I, I don't believe so. I mean, Dallas is what, 6-7? and seven? Maybe they are still in, but... I think they are because I mean, of the skins and... Yeah, I guess they are still... The Eagles. so bad. Uh, yeah, I guess they are still technically, but, I mean, let's be real. They're, they're out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice. Eli looks good tonight. He's injuries injuries all over the place, well, man, though. Not to get off topic, but Eli is probably going to play out the rest of the season. So, I'm like... Daniel Jones, cool. Like he looks good. He turns the ball over a ton, which is pretty reminiscent of Eli Manning. Um, not only do they look alike, but they also play pretty similar. And but it's, I think it's great that Eli. I mean, it's not like a farewell tour, but I think it's great that he got that he gets to play out the rest of the season. Assuming like Daniel Jones is out two to four weeks, but at that point in the season, like what's really the point in bringing him back other than giving him experience? So you just keep Eli in. Keep my boy in. I'm with that. I think they need to keep Eli in. Let ballers ball. There's no sense in bringing him back. Well, um, next up on the docket here is just a quick update on uh, something that I found pretty funny. The Cowboys, after their loss, released their kicker, Brett Mayer, and in turn picked up Patriots' recently released kicker for Bath. Um, so kind of a just revolving door of kickers right now. And I wanted to just quickly ask you guys a question with, you know, Adam Vinatieri now out for the season with surgery. We've seen a lot of really crucial kicks that could have determined games being missed. Um, do you guys see an issue right now with the kickers in the league? Is this something that needs to be addressed or is it not at all a concern? I think this I, is a big concern in the NFL. I don't, it's, it seems that there's really only a, a a very small handful of kickers that are capable of being consistent and reliable. And I don't know if this is due to the, the rule change of making extra points at 30 yards. So like there's more inconsistency with even hitting the extra point. Um, and, and that's creating some mental issues with a kicker. But as far as I'm concerned, this has been a problem and it's a problem for a lot of very competitive teams too. And oh, yeah, I mean, the, the Patriots are for sure one of them. And it seems like the only team who's got a reliable kicker is the Ravens. The Saints. And the Saints. L- and, Lutz and, isn't bad. I got him on my fantasy. Yeah, Lutz. It's like Lutz, Lutz Justin, Tucker, Justin Tucker, excuse me, and uh, Dan Bailey up in Minnesota seem to be the only ones who are actually pretty like consistent and actually hit long field don't, goals. And ultimately don't forget not. Greg the leg. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a huge issue. And there, we've... I can't remember a time I've seen this many kickers get replaced mid-season or get benched or get whatever. Um, or so, miss crucial field goals. I, yeah. I would like to go on record and say this here. Um, I think the kicker, the place kicker, 
will become obsolete in the next 10 years or so of the NFL. Just given, because you have, uh, you guys have seen all the stories about Harbaugh's like Princeton guy or whatever he's got telling him like when he should go for it, when he shouldn't go for fourth down and, and this, that, whatever. And statistically speaking, like the more and more you go for it on fourth down, the better your chances of winning are. Obviously, that sounds, you know, pretty obvious, but there, there are starting to become positions for like statisticians on these coaching staffs to be like, hey, this is when we need to go for it. This is when we need to kick it. And, you know, given all these inconsistencies, I would not be surprised if teams just start saying, you know what, fuck it, we're going for it. And especially on the extra points even, it's like, are you going to kick a 30-yard field goal or are you going to punch it in from whatever, like the three-yard line? I know it's, you know, a lot, uh, most teams right now are still using the kickers, but I have a weird, odd feeling on no real circumstance at all that kickers will become obsolete soon. I mean, we've we've started to see it, uh, you know, and obviously this is like a very unique and progressive program, but even the Patriots, you've seen it done in the beginning or even the middle of the season when the game, there's not even that much on the line. Belichick will run, you know, a play on fourth down rather than trying to kick it for a field goal or to punt it. And I think it's just he's one of those guys that has foreseen this future of, well, if these kickers are going to continue to be inconsistent and we can't get a grip on it, we're not going to pass up on easy points. Um, But I think, like you said, that's more long-term rather than short-term. Yeah, and and I don't have the stats in front of me. Apparently, i got to go down to Princeton and find some math major. But um, without a doubt, there's – the amount of teams going for it on fourth down has been increasing. And I th- that's definitely in the NFL, and I think it holds true in college football as well. Well, it would be cool to see them sort of those the place kickers become obsolete because it would make for much more entertaining football. Because <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, that's why. Fuck them. Um, all right, well, let's move on um, and transition into college football. We talked to you a little bit about the power rankings last week. There were a bunch of conference uh, playoff games that happened, or matches, I should say. And so the new updated top five has been released with LSU sitting at one, OSU at two, Clemson at three, Oklahoma at four, and the Dougs at number five. So I want to kick it over. Go ahead. I was just going to say I'd like to kick this off by saying Georgia sucks. And I apologize for picking them to cover the points against LSU. I forgot how bad Jake Fromm is and how much of a... He's um, really bad. How much he just killed his draft stock between this year as well as um, last year, getting the doors blown off by Clemson in the playoff. But with that said, I think Georgia can kick rocks, go play in, go punch sand, go play in traffic, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and let's focus on these top four behemoths. Whatever you want to call them. I feel like it's uh three three, three Goliaths and three like Goliaths and one like like redheaded David. child. Yeah. <laughs> David. The David. Yeah, uh the yeah. David. I just looking over these standings, I don't really have a problem with LSU being ranked number one. I just I don't know, looking at the strength of schedule, the record of opponents, all of the numbers suggest that Ohio State should have been one and they were like I don't think their close game to number eight Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship was enough to dethrone them from their number one ranking the week prior that's what I just couldn't quite grasp is why they got jumped um considering you know Georgia is now a two-loss team much like Wisconsin uh, but more importantly why is Clemson getting so much disrespect? I, I feel like that where, is... Where are they supposed to go? Uh, I mean, considering they haven't lost in three years, I'd probably maybe put them number one. Yeah, I, okay, that's fair. And <laughs> yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, but there's no disrespect in, in how Vegas is looking at their matchup versus Oklahoma, or Ohio State getting uh, a couple points 
or uh, they're being favored by a couple points in that game. So I would like to go on record. I know these games aren't going to be played out for a couple weeks, but Clemson's going to beat Ohio State. I, at the moment, I am of that opinion. You'll find no arguments here. I mean, their defense is really solid. And their offense, as we saw in the ACC championship game, has has no issues whatsoever. Trevor Lawrence had kind of a weird middle of the season where it looked like he was regressing, kind of having that sophomore slump. But uh, everything since that point, he's been just absolutely blowing everybody out in his path. And they've got nasty receivers. They've got Travis Etienne, and they're they're a complete football team. And I think that they I think they can handle Ohio State for sure. So so I mean, right now, Clemson Clemson is plus two twenty five to win it. Ohio State's plus two seventy five. Uh, LSU is favored at plus one twenty five, and then Oklahoma is plus a thousand. So no love for the veteran Jalen Hurts. Um. It would be cool to see him pull something off, though. I gotta be honest. That would well, be just like. Speaking of it, I am of the opinion. Also, I think Oklahoma is gonna shock the world here. I think Oklahoma is gonna go toe to toe with LSU, and I think Oklahoma can win. I think they can win. <laughs> Look at Harry. Tom, <laughs> don't Tom, shake your head at me, dude. Tom, I'm shaking my head. Do you realize Oklahoma's defense is? Like a it's like the the flag football team that LSU has. Oklahoma's like defense Juco. is giving up less yards per game in the Big Twelve than LSU's defense is in the SEC. That's a point. fact. It's an interesting That's a point. Fact. It's an interesting point. I'm just saying, Oklahoma's defense is pretty good, and their offense. The the, the thing is, all three of these teams can go toe to toe offensively with LSU. We saw it with Bama, and that game ended up being, you know, whoever came down with the ball last won the game, which is exactly what LSU did. And all three of these teams, I feel like, can go toe-to-toe with them. I don't love LSU's defense. I know everybody's going to point to the SEC championship and say, oh, they crushed Georgia. But you said it yourself, dude. Jake Fromm sucks. He sucks. He does. I'm I'm not over impressed by LSU's performance. Like, yeah, 37 points was a good showing, and they might be able to score that. But is 37 points going to be enough against Oklahoma, where, you know, they're averaging probably upwards of 45 game against Clemson, who since that North Carolina game has been averaging 50 plus points a game? Let that sink in. Clemson is averaging 55 points a game since that almost loss to North Carolina. And, you know, we've already all seen what Ohio State can do. So, it's an interesting point. And, and the more you talk, the more I'm like, okay, maybe. But, okay, I'm going to stick to my guns and say that LSU is going gonna, is gonna to wax them. However, <laughs> there's a couple advantages that Oklahoma has in this game. One is a, more, a far more experienced Jalen Hurts, former Heisman winner, former national championship, been to the college football playoff every single year he's been in college. And the other is Lincoln Riley, who is quite likely the, the best offensive mind in college football. So those are the two advantages I'll give them. I do think I don't think that Oklahoma's faced a defense like LSU. Not that they're like the most stout defense ever to be assembled by any means, but they've got an unbelievable secondary uh, with Grant Delpit and Derek Stingley and a bunch of other guys. They don't have the linebackers like they had last year. But they've got they've got a decent pass rush. I, I think they'll be able to hold Jalen Hurts in check. I think Grant Delpit will be able to hold Ceedee Lamb in check. Stop it! I know, See, dude. I love Ceedee Lamb. I can smell I love the Lamb. bullshit. I want that you, dude on my team. You don't mean that. So you don't badly. Mean that. And so I think that's what's going to happen. And then their offense is going to be able to do what they've what they've been doing for the majority of the season. So you know, it, it's gonna. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think LSU is going to come out on top. What are they favored right now? They're like 10 points. I am looking at LSU by 13 right now. Dude, Ooh. that is so many points. That is ridiculous. That's a lot of points. 13 points. Give me that right now. And if it goes up even more, I will gladly double down on what what is this played on the 28th? Yes. Saturday the 28th. Um I'm getting it now. I'm locking it now. 
at 13. That is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Give me Oklahoma plus 13. Um, I feel like that line is solely because they played Baylor close. Um, But it's one of those things where you play a team twice, just like Ohio State played Wisconsin twice. And I feel like people are overlooking how difficult that is to beat somebody twice in the span of three weeks. Like, it's true. It, you know, that's, I guess that's why we play the game and the better teams won. That's absurd. All right. So we're clearly opposite sides here in Oklahoma, LSU. And on the same you know, side for Clemson. December 9th, we are taking Clemson minus two. I mean, I think that's, <clears throat> we discussed it in, in the group chat. I think that's an easy. I think that's an easy victory. I, I was not impressed at all by OSU's performance this weekend. And granted, they pulled it off by, you know, almost, what was it, 15 points. But, you know, against Wisconsin, having had it been as kind of evenly matched up until the end, I just, I think Clemson's going to hang dong on them. Yeah, no, I feel like if, if there were any other matchups, I would – I would like Ohio State against either Oklahoma or LSU, but I just think Clemson has the athletes to to go toe to toe with everybody on Ohio State, and you know, com- compared to that in the experience, I I just like Clemson. Well, we will see how it turns out. We've uh, got some time, a little lull here for college football, but we will make sure to keep you guys posted all the way up until that point, and then all the way through. But that, uh, I think that uh, does it here for us tonight, boys. So what do you say we close things out with some buzzer beaters? Sure. Let's do Gary, it. Gary, why don't you kick us off, kid? Uh, yeah, I don't really have too much. Um, I'll give a NHL update next time because I didn't really put in the, uh, the research. But I will say that in one month and about 10 days is UFC 246 the return of the notorious one, Conor McGregor, fighting Cowboy Cerrone at 170 pounds. And uh, it's been a while since I've been following UFC. I try to keep tabs with like at least what's going on. I haven't been watching the fights particularly. But you know my boy's back back in the octagon, and uh, I could not be happier. I'm really hopeful that nothing falls through here. Um, you know, Conor, something you know, will happen. You know how Conor can be, and you know trouble follows him everywhere. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, in any case, you know, having Connor back is incredible. I was watching some highlights earlier today of his, of his previous fights. And, uh, there's nothing quite like the UFC when Connor McGregor's around. So it's going to be UFC 246. I believe it's in Las Vegas. And, um, I've got my calendar circled on that one. What I will say, uh, has been interesting is typically, before a fight like this the notorious is pretty vocal on social media posting you know training videos and kind of just shit talking i gotta be honest i'm someone who follows pretty frequently his page and looks at it and he's been pretty quiet almost as quiet as a church mouse he's been posting more stuff like uh, recently i mean he he posts all sorts of stuff about his whiskey and about uh, August McGregor, his clothing oh, yeah, line. For sure. But, but I he's mean, been... usually it's, you know, sparring yeah. videos and he's talking about getting ready. And, you know, pr- that'll probably come he's, as we get He's starting to closer. ramp that up. Yeah. If you look at his yeah. page, he's starting to, he's doing like weightlifting, he's doing boxing, he's doing oh, jiu jitsu. Sure. So he, he, he'll start ramping that up. They'll start doing some press conference stuff. And uh, then we'll get, I... we'll get, we'll see where he's at in terms of like, you know, if, if he's toned down the shit talking, he's got two kids yeah. now. Yeah, um, it could it could be, you know, he could be sort of seeing this as an opportunity to reshape his brand and his image, but still was, keep that Connor mentality. Yeah, he's gotta he's gotta reestablish his legend, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I will say on that note, um, I've been watching a bunch of Joe Rogan's very good friends with Cowboy Cerrone. And I've been watching a bunch of Cerrone videos, and that guy He's a scary dude, man. He's a wild beast, and I think you know Connor's got to come in very yeah. much so prepared, both he's, physically and mentally. He's lost his last two fights. Granted, they're both first versus pretty 
stout fighters, so it wasn't like anything on him necessarily. But I'm a huge cowboy fan too, which yeah. makes this fight even kind of harder to watch. Like if you watch him speak, like he's like the most down to earth, like he normal also, dude. Somebody was somebody was telling not somebody some source was saying that he has like something like more fights than any other UFC fighter under his belt and in the most shortest fights, period most time. wins most finishes most finishes yeah, by like KO but it was something even more savage. crazy like he has the average time between a fight is like three times shorter than any other MMA fighter in the fucking league. Yeah. I mean I like, think he I think he fights like somewhere between four and six times per year every year crazy fucking crazy yeah if if you guys have the time, go and check out him talking to Joe about his diving experience where he went down with this inexperienced guy. His wife was even like foreshadowing, was like, I don't really trust this guy. He's kind of a wiggly character. Don't go down there. They went down in the depths of this muck, couldn't see shit, and the guy freaked out and pulled like both of their fucking oxygen tanks out. And he basically is explaining that it's like milliseconds to figure it out or you basically kill yourself. Um, and he said he came back up, he survived, the other guy finally got up, and he just looked him in the eyes, and he was like, you and I are never fucking hanging out again. Mm. <laughs> like, so it just kind of shows that he's just raw and gritty and just a tough son of a bitch. So I'm excited to see that. Tom Lasagna, what do you got for us, kid? Uh, well, it wouldn't be an end-of-regulation episode if we didn't talk about my Patriots. And I could sit here and point at the inconsistencies with the referee crew last night that cost us 14 points and possibly the game. Uh, But more importantly, this afternoon the story broke that the Patriots are being investigated yet again for filming um, another team allegedly. And so essentially is what happened is the Patriots were filming at the Bengals and Browns game yesterday and a Bengals staffer got wind of it and ratted this guy out like a little bitch and all of a sudden now we're blowing up Spygate Part 2, whatever you want to call it. It's all nonsense. It's all BS. Um, Essentially, the Patriots were filming this like YouTube documentary uh, regarding some of their staff and the Patriots had a scout at the Bengals game who we are playing next week that was watching the game and we were filming him you know being a, a scout or whatever and the NFL knew about it the Bengals knew about it the NFL has a copy of the tape the Bengals now have a, the original tape so that's all good and well um, and the tape will tell I think it's just a the NFL just leaking this story to cover up the obvious fact that the referees cost us the game last night. But uh, it's just something to stay tuned to because, unfortunately, as much as I would like to say that it's all complete, total bullshit, uh, my Patriots have been in this situation before, and I can't say with 100% confidence that they aren't up to something. Um Albeit, why are we, you know, gauging film on the 1-12 Bengals? Like, we're going to steamroll them next week. Why do we need to cheat to beat them? I, I, I feel like that's a pretty obvious, like, we don't. It's fine. Um, but, you know, we'll see, what the, we'll, we'll see what the film has to say. Any, any, quick, uh, any thoughts on Odell Beckham being linked to a possible trade with the New England Patriots? Um, I don't know yet, but it would be welcome with open arms. And if I'm being honest that would be the only thing to keep Tom Brady from retiring next year. I got to say, there's nothing that brings me more joy than this situation because this is a guy in full scramble mode. He just, like, pushed back and constantly created drama and bullshit around him. And it's just, it's clear that, you know... No matter where you go, that bullshit's going to come with you. And he's expressed how unhappy he is in Cleveland and yada, yada. Uh, it's yeah, like, you're, you mean Odell? What? Yeah, Odell, yeah. sorry. I would fucking hate my life if I was Od- Odell Beckham right now. But, dude, it's I'm bored of it. You know what? The guy is now, he's borderline doing NBA bullshit where he's, like, pushing to try to be on a superstar team. He just is, like, unhappy and a bitter fucking loser. And I yeah. get that. I would be bummed, too, if I was a superstar losing. But fucking deal with it dude it's so true they literally go the three teams that he's 
that apparently after the games he's gone to saying, come get me, is the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Patriots. Like, buddy, come yeah, on. All well above 500 teams. Get like, you've been yourself, watching, dude. you've been, yeah, you've been watching the NBA a little bit too closely. It's ridiculous. But, you know, I, I digress. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us here tonight. It was a goddamn pleasure. We love doing this, so make sure that you keep tuning in. Uh, you need to remember to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook because we will keep you laughing and we'll also keep you informed. Additionally, please go and click and subscribe both on iTunes and Spotify so that you can stay up to date with our weekly released episodes. And thank you, as always, for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. And to play us out here tonight I figured because of the fact that it has just continuously gone viral people have been slamming to it we'll go ahead and play us out with some the baby and I'm put some sh- some bopping some I needed some shit with some bop in it. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerving that whip had a cop in it. My bitch got good pussy. Fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shits. I'm a hot nigga. Oh, you asking for pictures with niggas? What's your name? Get the fuck out the spot, nigga. Trying to figure which deal I'ma take. I woke up a couple mil on my plate. Let's eat. I'm investing in real in the state. I just went and gave my mama a hundred. Probably won't hit me open my mouth. Bless you hear me talking about finding some money. Let's go. As soon as I found it, I flipped it. I'm a little bit different, they get it No, I'm stiff on the bitches, she dig Tryna find out why baby ain't all in the mentions No, she ain't get no DM from me Bitch, this rich nigga dick, it ain't free She be throwing it at you, she good at it Turn around when we fuck, make her look at it uh, She like, ha I needed some shit with some bop in it. Let's go. Uh, I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerving. That whip had a cop in it. Okay. My bitch got good pussy. Fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. Yeah. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shits. I'm a hot nigga. I'm on up the docks than a motherfucker. Hey, when you gon' switch the flow? I thought you never asked. Niggas ain't fucking with me and ain't about what the fuck they be rapping about. What they look scary ass. Yeah. But to each his own, nigga. Huh. If you like it, I love it. No big. No big. That boy say he get money. Oh, really? How much they just cut you a check for a milli? I'm going back to Cali like big. Go about to go get a pound just to smoke. I smoke. They told me to come work on my album. I'm trying to go find out the price on the boat. Okay. My little bitch act like Megan the Stag and she get her when nasty. She driving the boat. Drive the boat. All this shit that they making be born. Give me something to buy while I ride with the pole. Here you go. Uh, okay. okay. I needed some shit with some bop in it. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerving that whip had a cop in it. Woo. My bitch got good pussy. Fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. Mm. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shits. I'm a hot nigga. Hot. Like this shit for like, you know, the sophisticated ratchet hole, you know. The ones that go to work by day then, you know, dance in the mirror by night. Ha! I needed some shit with some okay, let's go. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth, watch the swerving, that whip had a cop in it. My bitch got good pussy, fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. I got me a milli, I did it legitly. I'm still with the shits, I'm a hot nigga. Oh, you asking for pictures with niggas? What's your name? Get the fuck out the spot, nigga. Trying to figure which deal I'ma take. I woke up a couple mil on my